Welcome back to Beyond the Uniform. I'm Justin Asiri, and my goal is to help members of the military community thrive in their post-service career and life. Today is episode number 444, Army Ranger to HBO and Writing and Directing Movies with Brian Hansen. And it helps um, watching behind-the-scenes footage on DVDs or reading books, which is out there, and you realize this is a real industry. It's not this magical thing that some people do behind a curtain. You know, like the Wizard of Oz. This is a hardworking industry that you can be a part of 100%. It's a, be a multi-billion dollar industry, which means a lot of people are working. So I kind of, on a field trip up to L.A. in high school, we went to a set and I saw just all these people running around. And I said, this is a regular job. I could do this. Well, today's episode first aired back in April of 2019. Um, it was an incredible conversation that stayed with me and such an atypical story. But what also struck me with Brian is his generosity in wanting to help other veterans enter the entertainment industry. Brian works at HBO, which is compelling enough as is. As if that weren't enough to listen to this episode, he wrote and directed the movie The Black String, starring Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle, amongst others. In this interview, we talk about how Hollywood is more similar to the military than you would think. We talk about how everything is a process. It is just one step after another and how military veterans can accomplish anything with this approach. We talk about patience, about how Hollywood is structured surprisingly the same way that the military is. We talk about pursuing executive education while working and much, much more. As always, at beyondtheuniform.org, you will find over uh, 443 episodes just like this one, as well as show notes with links to everything else we discuss. So with that, let's dive in to my conversation with Brian Hansen. Joining me today in Los Angeles, California, my guest is Brian Hansen. Brian, welcome to Beyond the Uniform. Thanks for having me. So for listeners, I want to give uh, a, a brief bio on Brian, and then I want to give a quick disclaimer. But uh, Brian is a writer and director. He co-wrote and directed the indie thriller The Black String, starring Frankie Muniz, uh, who many listeners probably know from Malcolm in the Middle. He, was, he played Malcolm. Uh, Brian was a member of the Army's 75th Ranger Regiment, where he jumped out of airplanes and deployed to Afghanistan several times. After serving, he earned his MFA in film production from Mount uh, St. Mary's University and also gained invaluable filmmaking experience by working as a PA on HBO shows Barry, Room 104, and Silicon Valley. Brian holds a BA in film productions from California State Northridge and completed the Writers Guild Foundation year-long veteran writing project. Brian volunteers with the nonprofit organization Veterans in Media and Entertainment, also known as VME, where he helps connected studio, uh, well, where he helps connect studios, agencies, and production companies with veterans entering the entertainment industry. And my quick aside after all that is, um, if you enjoy this episode, episode sixty-two, I interviewed Hank Hughes, who went from the Army as well. Uh, he went on to be nominated for an Academy Award for his. Um, documented short, which is uh, a, a great interview to check out as well. And, and the other disclaimer is I've, I've been fortunate to get, interview a lot of professional athletes. Longtime listeners know I don't know anything about professional sports, but I love movies. That's my uh, where my energy goes. So it's a real honor for me to be chatting with Brian today because what he has done, I think many of you will learn, is not an easy process. He's, he's one of the rare few that has actually pulled this off. So, um, Brian, apologies for the super long intro, but excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, you mentioned Hank Hughes. I've had the pleasure of meeting him mm. out here in Los Angeles when his uh, short film was getting attention for mm. the uh, Academy Awards. You know, yeah, he was nominated and he was being very, very, uh, he, he's a cool guy and very gracious with his time and kind of doing the rounds. Um, he's, I believe he's a part of the group that I'm also a part of. He, at least he's very, uh, he's affiliated or supports veterans in media and entertainment, VME. So he did some cool special screenings um, for vets that are looking to get into the entertainment industry. So Hank Hughes, cool guy, and he's off to the races. <clears throat> he's he's going to be real successful. Awesome. Well, um, 
I, I always like to start off with learning about your own transition process from the Army. Um, but I, I'm also just, you know, curious, given your career path, also the point at which that became an aspiration. I'm guessing because in undergrad you you did things related to film. This is not something that you were figuring out once you got out of the military. But you, could you share a little bit more about when you first started thinking about writing and directing and then also what that initial transition was like from the military? Absolutely. I definitely knew that I wanted to get involved in the entertainment industry before I was in the military. I joined um, up later than most people. I already went to college, got my bachelor's degree and was in, was in LA, had moved up from San Diego, went to Northridge to get a film degree because I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't, you know, it wasn't laser guided focus. I just understood and it helps um, watching behind the scenes footage on DVDs or reading books, which is out there. And you realize this is a real industry. It's not this magical thing that some people do behind a curtain, you know, like the Wizard of Oz. This is a hardworking industry that you can be a part of 100%. It's a, a multi-billion dollar industry, which means a lot of people are working. So I kind of, on a field trip up to LA in high school, we went to a set and I saw just all these people running around. And I said, this is a regular job. I could do this. So that kind of gave me the motivation um, to pursue it further, which took me to Cal State Northridge for a film degree. Again, anybody could do this. You just find a school and uh, submit you know, your early work and and, and it's kind of a step-by-step -step thing. You start to realize, I can do this. And it's, not, again, nothing magical about it. I did realize um, as I was writing and, and you know, honing my artistic crafts, I, I said, I need, to, I need to go see the world. I need to go do something else if I'm going to be a – if I want to keep pursuing the, the goal of being a writer who has something honest to say and has a perspective, I need to go do something. And uh, – being a patriotic guy, just kind of thought it would be on my life resume that I, that I served. I was like, got to do it now before it's too late. <clears throat> so I enlisted. And I did, you know, one en enlistment, which was I got everything I wanted out of it with the 75th Ranger Regiment. Um, but I knew when it was time to make that decision if you're going to reenlist or not. I was like, okay, this served its purpose. You know, probably the greatest decision I've ever made was to join. But I, I need to get back to L.A. and, and refocus because it takes time like anything. You don't just become a first sergeant two years in. Everything takes time, and so does the entertainment industry. So I knew I had to get back here. Um, kind of lost a few years being away in the military, but it was like um, <clears throat> it, the, the, what I gained being in the military, the insights, the friendships, the world understanding, um, it was worth being away for four years and having to play a little catch up. So I was coming back to a place that I already knew, um, but I knew I had to catch up and it, it was, I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed or, you know, like, Oh, this sucks having to, to kind of take several steps back. Um, I was excited. I was excited to try to catch up with my peers here, here in LA. I, I, I love that. And, and what I'm appreciating, I think, you know, for listeners, regardless of whether you want to go into the entertainment industry, what I'm appreciating about your, your honest answer here, Brian, is, is um, it sounds like you're describing this as a process. It's step by step. It's something that people can do. It's, it's not underplaying the amount of work required to do it, but it's also not in making this intimidating where it's like, like, it's a big industry. If you want to get into it and you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to kind of take the steps necessary, it is possible. It's not like this, uh, you have to be born into this or, or it's only for a select few. And uh, I think that's great advice for any career path because I, I love that step-by-step -step approach that you're describing. It is, and it is so similar to the military. I was shocked because my, my experience, albeit not anything big time or A-list, I had worked you know, as a PA on, on movie sets, independent movie sets, and I had worked in offices as an intern. And then when I got into the military, um, I was like, wow, like which came first, the, the uh, show business or the military? Because they're, they are shockingly similar in their structure. How so? so it's, it's just kind of like they're both really regimented? Very regimented. I mean, the goal, really what, what you're up against, it's the same goal. You, you're battling, you know, you're taking a group of people to accomplish a goal, but you're going to be fighting environment. You're going to be fighting time. 
Um, you're going to be fighting just intangibles. Uh, and it's bringing a group of specialists together, and not the rank specialists, but people who specialize, departments. Um, it's very physical. It's very, very time-oriented. You can't tell the sun not to go down. You know, like when the sun sets, the sun sets. So if you're shooting something during the daytime and sun's gone, you're done. So you got 100, you know, you got 20 people to 100 people out on set and you're paying them. You better get that shot before the sun is down. So um, again, it, I think that anyone who's been in the military and steps foot on a, on a set of physical production, they're going to they're gonna kind of pick up on it quickly. Of course, there's nuances and, and um, just kind of, you know, there's a culture within that, but it's not too dissimilar. Very physical, very time-oriented, lots of different groups coming together who all specialize in something different for the common goal uh, to get whatever that camera's shooting at to get it and get it right. And so, and so what, uh, what happens then? You, you, you take off your uniform, you uh, leave the Army. What, what does the job search look like after that? And it looks like the, the, the next spot that you end up is at, uh, is it pronounced Vega Baby? Yeah, Vega Baby. Um, again, I had, because I had been out here uh, in L.A. for you know, about eight years, before I went into the military, including my time in college, I did have a bit of a network. But again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dis oh, you know, dissuade anyone. Hollywood's full of people who come out here on their own. That's the amazing thing about Hollywood. People come out here. I mean, I, I respect everyone, even if, you know, always sometimes uh, the, the greatest char of character, but you got to appreciate how many people just pack up and leave and show up in Hollywood and start chasing the dream. So um, you don't have to have a network because most people don't. Most people come out here and they just make it happen. So I did have, you know, some familiarity, but again, I knew I had to kind of start from the ground up again. And I got an internship at Vega Baby, which my buddy had interned at. And that was, that was really fundamental because they had just made a movie with Selma Hayek, um, Everly. And I got to see at, at really a higher level than I had seen prior. I was very much like short films and indie, in, very, very small indie films my first time when I was a student and a few years afterwards, but this was seeing how the big boys and the big girls do it. And I really understood the structure, you know, it's this corporate military structure and it made a lot of sense. And, and it also made sense to see how much time you got to put in, you know, to achieve. So Vega baby was fundamental. I was answering phones. I was um, coordinating. I was scheduling meetings. I was reading scripts, which I love to do. So that's natural giving feedback on scripts. Um, it, it just was a, a real great education. Um, sitting in on meetings, listening to my bosses, Adam Rip, um, Sheldon Brigman, and Brett Hedblum talk to agencies and, and to understand everything that goes into just putting a movie together. It's an unbelievable amount of work. And that was eye-opening for me. It, it, again, it was like kind of the next level of making me feel like, oh, this is a solid thing you can do. You just got to learn the process. I, I love that. And, um, you know, I think from my own experience and then from, I think this is a 250-something interview I've done, I think that a lot of times um, the military community, we kind of, uh, we get indoctrinated to the thought of like, we can do anything, which I think is true. But I think that sometimes my approach and others has been, you just kind of uh, jump in and just, I'll, I'll figure it out. And what I respect about your path, it, it sounds like you were, you were going and learning from people who had a lot to offer and you were seeing everything that went into this. You were kind of going through almost like a boot camp type experience, but in everything that you needed to know for this path and you're gaining that experience and getting paid to do so, which is such a smart way to gain that experience by learning through other people. It, it, and I would say that this was the military gave this to me, the army, you know, Ranger regiment, gave me that insight as to, you know, it, it's a process for anything. It's a process to zero your rifle. It's a process to learn how to pack a ruck. You know, it's a process to learn how to uh, jump out of an airplane safely. It's a process to learn your job and, and to, you know, be promoted from a, you know, to a, to a private, to a team leader, you know, to a squad leader, to a senior squad leader, to a, um, platoon sergeant. You know what I mean? It's like everything takes time and you got to have patience. So the thing about 
the entertainment industry is a lot of people because we see it. We see the 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 uh, the Orson Welles, the um, Quentin Tarantino, the Damien Chazelle, these people that just come out of, it seems like they came out of nowhere and they just were geniuses and everyone knew they were geniuses. And people, unfortunately, coming up can kind of decide because art is so subjective that they're geniuses and they're the one that's not quite going to have to do all the work because their genius is going to be speak for itself and be discovered. That is, that, that's really not how it works. It, you know, it takes that 10,000 outlier hours, right? I would say that would be an insult tell a first sergeant or a platoon sergeant that you could do their job because you're, you're, a, you're a private genius. So seeing how much time it takes to perfect, you know, you should become a better and better soldier. Um, it's the same thing when you're in the entertainment industry, you got to apprentice, you got to watch and perfect your craft. So I, I became, I was a lot more patient when I came back and that's what I try to express to, veterans or anyone coming into the business like be patient okay learn from the people above you and and you'll move up but you got to be patient and don't don't think too much of yourself and think that you got to win the lottery you know the entertainment lottery tomorrow that's that's great i mean my, my background's in entrepreneurship and it's the exact same thing and i love what you're saying about patience i i wish i could have heard your lesson 10 years ago but um I think a lot of times in the startup world, we see the Instagram of success, a year and a billion dollar exit, and it's so not representative of what usually happens. And so what I love what you're saying there is just, you know, take your time, perfect your craft. For, for listeners, I'll add in the show notes a link to the book that Brian just mentioned, Outliers, great book by Malcolm Gladwell that lays out that thought that, you know, that the people who are world-class at things have spent 10,000 hours doing it. It's like years and years of just relentlessness to really become great. And um, another episode for listeners I'll put in the show notes is um, an interview with uh, Cal Newport. He wrote a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And it's really about not trying to find what you're passionate about, just really putting your nose down and getting really fucking good at something. And that's what leads to autonomy. And that's what leads to being on the cutting edge of something. And generally, that's what leads to people being happy in what they do for their work, not necessarily saying, no, I'm, I'm passionate about uh, yoga, therefore I'm going to be a yoga instructor. Um, so, so could you kind of, um, I, I want to get into your more recent work, but walk us through, you know, where, where you go from here, how you end up at HBO and what that experience was like. So my internship at Vega baby, you know, a few months later turned into a job and that's kind of how, you know, you get in there and you show, you know, you you show that you add value, you know, I'll get it done again. That sort of like private uh, mentality. Like, you know, yes, sir. You know, yes, ma'am. I'll just get it done. I'll get it done. Anything. You're not above any task. Don't be abused. Don't get abused. Right. But, but don't be above um, doing the small things because it's, they build trust. You do the small things, right. Then I'm going to give you more responsibility, more responsibility. Now I start listening to your thought, your takes on things. So that's what I learned being at Vega baby. And, and simultaneously I used the G um, post nine 11 GI bill to attend Mount St. Mary's University here in Los Angeles uh, to go to grad school in their MFA film program. And, and you're doing and that while you're working full-time? While, while I'm working. And this is wow. a great program because what they did, it, it was full-time but alternate weekends. So Mount St. Mary's um, built this program understanding we don't want people, adults, professionals, to leave their day job. You know, I, I know people can't leave their day job. They got bills to pay. But you're going to suck it up and go hard on the weekends, every other weekend. You know, we do a 12-hour day and a 10-hour day, Saturday and Sunday, two times a month. Fantastic education and really, you know, gave me that creative outlet. Because at Vega Baby, I was getting much more the, um, uh, you know, corporate administrative, like how it really works. But then on the weekends, I was able to pursue my personal creative um, passions and sharpen those skills with short films and, and scripts and whatnot. And, and I think and that it is so. Oh no! Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish that thought. I say it was such an accelerated experience to be working in the industry, but also at in school, because you see that classroom lesson or that thing that you know you did with you and your buddies on a short film. You you see the next day how it correlates in the real world of Hollywood. It's it's not like I had to wait two years after school to see how that classroom lesson applies to the real world. 
it was like day in and day out. So I'm the biggest proponent of internships or part-time jobs at the minimum in the industry you want to be in when you're going to school. It, it's a, it's a, such an accelerator. And, and building your network. You're not waiting to build your network. You're building your network right now. I love that. And, and one of the things I, I romanticize with in this sort of approach is um, it seems like, because I, I did, I did uh, grad school as an MBA. It was full-time. And I romanticize it. Uh, I, I usually hear it kind of an executive program, which is you're, you're working and then doing grad school simultaneously. What I romanticize about is that you're able to extract so much more because you learn about something and then you go, you, you're in your job, you're able to apply it. And so it's like, I learn so much more by doing. I romanticize that um, for, for your case, what you did is you were getting that knowledge, but then you, you were able to get so much more out of it because it wasn't theoretical. You were able to apply at least part of that to what you were doing. And is that, that's just my romanticized notion, but is that, was that your experience? That was my experience. I just felt like I was, I'm just, it was, it was just such a perfect blend because it was accelerating things. You know, I would, I would learn something in school and then I'd go shoot a movie, you know, I'd go to work and yeah, I would see that happen right in front of me. And it's like, wow, the the instructor wasn't lying or was it, you know, like was gave very accurate information and I, I could predict what was going to happen or I could see how they're kind of, basic template or their kind of simple explanation, I could see, wow, the nuances, how much more complicated that is. So it, I, I know that some programs, that's not a reality, but then I know in all programs you can intern. So at the bare minimum, people need to be interning um, in, the, in the industry that they're studying. And it's, it's, a, it's a huge accelerator. That's great. And so, so what happens next from there? So from there, um, I knew that I, well, okay, uh, going to two years in that program, I'm, I'm at Vega Baby, and I had met at Mount St. Mary's, you know, great group of people, great instructors, uh, in particular, another veteran, Richard Hanley, who was a um, crazy career. He was a, he was a medic in the Air Force Reserve, and then he went into uh, the Navy as a PA, so physician's assistant. So you know, he, he was a super squared away guy, officer. Um, he had been out for a few years, but he was going to film school as well. And he's, you know, running a medical clinic. So super squared away guy going to film school. And we, we click. And as we get to that scene, uh, you know, thesis project where we're all, we all got to make our movies. He said, you know, you told me a story once of a script you wrote long ago. Why don't, instead of us separately doing short films, why don't we try to make a feature film, a micro-budget feature film? And just hearing him say that, it was like this other vote of confidence or, or you know, you can't fight all these battles by yourself. And the goal for all of us is, in, in the film industry, is like to make a feature film or to, to you know, to be on it, to write it or create a television show. So it's like, why do another short film? We had done a lot of those. You got to do the short films. You got to. But we had done a lot of those and it just felt natural Let's go for it. And we had great instructors, Sean Koval, who uh, produced Napoleon Dynamite and many other movies, who kind of gave us, again, more, more confidence. It's like, hey, hey, guys, I made one right out of film school. You can do it, too. And then Vega Baby, my bosses at Vega Baby were giving me a lot of support, uh, Rich and I. And it's like, you know, you guys could do it. And it was like this kind of organically people, I don't know, they, they had confidence in us. And, and getting that confidence in me um, teaming up with Rich Hanley it was like, this is possible. We can make a feature film. Um, so we just decided once we graduated, let's continue this thesis project. We put together, you'd appreciate as a MBA uh, student, it, you know, we had to start an LLC, put together a 60 page pitch deck and business plan, um, get a lawyer, all these things that are very business-like. It's like the Shark Tank. I love the Shark Tank because it's the same thing as indie filmmakers saying they want to make a movie. You got to stand in front of the shark tank and find some people who, uh, who like the product, the vision, and are going to support you. So that's what we started to do. Um, and we fortunately found some people um, that are our angel investors that came in because they believed in, in us with no real track record besides being veterans who had gone to film school. They believed in the vision that we put forth. So 
So it was a lot of work, but it was a positive experience. And again, it proved this can happen. This isn't just some crazy thing that a, a few lucky people get to do. It's a real business. It's a real business that you can put together with a great team. And what's that, what's that look like then? So from that moment where you decide to collaborate, how long does it take to, and how long until it was like a, a movie someone could watch? Well, it's, it, we are currently, as we speak, selling the movie. So that's been an over two year process, which is not uncommon from writing the script to, you know, hiring the team, um, you know, fully <clears throat> raising all, you know, your entire um, investment amount, adjusting the budget on what comes, what extra comes or what doesn't um, through shooting it and then post-production, actually editing the film. That's been a, uh, about a two year, a over two year process. And now we're just now selling it just now. So all told, I mean, it, it could be three years. That's not uncommon at all. Three years to like start it until you've sold it and people will soon be able to watch it on, you know, Netflix or Amazon, Hulu, whatever the case may be. And that's just insane. That's such a long period of time. And, I, and I'm, I've always thought that there's a lot of parallels or I've imagined there's a lot of parallels between uh, startups and between the internet, uh, you know, bringing a new show or new movie to life. And it, it just sounds like um, you're doing so many things you need so many different skill sets. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like you needed the skill set to be able to fundraise, to be able to pitch a dream, raise money. Then you need the skill set of being able to get all the talent and find the people that are doing this. And then you need the, the you know, what I would view as the main skill set. You're directing this, which we'll get into, but that's an unbelievable skill set. And then you're having to edit it, which is another skill set. And then you're needing to like pitch it again to get it, uh, to get it some airtime and get it shown around. I mean, it's, it just seems like a tremendous amount of different tools that you need to be able to pull this off. It, it really is. And that's where time, you know, you can do it with passion and you do when, I mean, right now, anybody who has a phone, an iPhone, it doesn't matter where you are and you and a friend have a great idea to, to uh, make a little short film. You're going to do it all. You're going to do it all. You and your buddy. And then, you know, your mom brings lunch to the set and your friend is acting you're going to do it all. You're going to shoot it. You're going to coordinate it. You're going to call people. You're going to, you know, go to the, the restaurant where you're going to, your, your uncle owns a restaurant. Like you're already producing, but it just makes sense because you just do it. It's like throwing a party. It's like, you know, uh, coordinating a wedding, you know, a company party. That's, that's what it is. Like, can you just coordinate a bunch of people? It's the military. You, you know, it's a training exercise. It's a, you know, getting ready to deploy. Can you just coordinate a bunch of people and just figure it out? And, and you'll get better as time goes, but there's going to be a ton of problems, complications. Can you just keep it moving forward and adjust and understand that your initial goal, the, the way you envisioned it initially is not how it's going to end up, but that's okay. You've got to be able to roll with the punches and still get the project to the finish line. So I mean, it's a much bigger scale. And even we made a small movie. Really, we, we, we have Frankie Muniz and some fantastic actors in it and, it, and it looks like a million bucks. But in the scale, uh, you know, when we jump forward, when I, again, took a few steps backwards to move forward, i working on HBO shows. It's like, oh, my goodness. You know, it, I, I was playing uh, Airsoft with my friends. <laughs> and this, this, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is Delta Force. You know, this is Field Team 6 on HBO. So again, there, there are different levels, but the tenacity and the ability to organize and just be a problem solver. It's the same, again, whether you're making a YouTube video with friends or working on HBO. I, I love you that. Become, you become yep. better at it, that's all. I, I, I love that because um, you know, I think oftentimes the perception of people in the military is hierarchical organization, they just follow orders. My experience and my perception is much more um, the, the um, across the board veterans have experience like rolling with the punches and adapting and, and dealing with a fair amount of ambiguity and just making things happen and so what you're describing sounds very achievable for a typical person in the military of you know i love that analogy you have of like throwing a party it's like you're figuring it out and i, and I also want to just kind of remind listeners too of the 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 groundwork that brian was laying for years and years and years and so while i appreciate the aspects where of his story where he is 
adapting and overcoming and breaking through, he also had a lot to fall back on in terms of he had read many different scripts. He had, I imagine, written many different scripts. Like the the you had directed many short films. Like you you had done lots of different things leading up here that I'm sure um, helped you there. And that that was one of the questions I had is you know, if someone is listening and let's say they're on a, a ship or they're deployed overseas and they're like, dude, I want to do this. I want to make this happen. What, what was helpful for you? Was, would you recommend film school? Would you like, what, what advice would you give to them about how to make this a reality? Well, first off is <clears throat> if you want to be a, uh, a director or a writer, you probably have a passion for it. You know, that that's, or, or a cinematographer or an art director, like you kind of have a passion for art and you might not know how to focus it, but you're going to recognize you have a passion. It's the, like, you got to love it because you're not going to make money for a while and you got to do a lot of side jobs or, you know, a lot of pouring coffee, making copies and answering phones until you, you really get to express yourself or, or be the boss of the artistic vision. So I think you may be, you know, that person is, is just, they got strong opinions about art or they're already envisioning things. And they, it's like music. Like I just got to play that song or I just got to tell this story. So if you have that in you, um, that you pay attention to that. And then if it's just something that, ah, oh, that might be interesting, start reading a few books, uh, you know, save the cat by Blake Snyder is a, is kind of like the, the go-to screenwriting book at this point. It's very accessible, easy to understand off the bat and it gives structure and people read this. It is like going behind the curtain, wizard of Oz. It's like, Oh wow. Okay. There's, there's a very specific plan to writing a script. And again, I can study this and emulate it. I can do it. It's not magic. It doesn't just pop up on your TV screen. Someone is thinking almost engineering, you know, this story, save the cab by black Blake Snyder, um, making movies by Sidney Lumet. Again, just, behind the curtain on, the, uh, on, a, on a man's directing career, on a director's career and understanding this is, again, I think it's just so important to understand how doable it is and how not magical it is. Just people making decisions and, and spending a lot of time, um, a lot of time on their craft. There's another great book, again, for a, uh, like a producer's path called The Kid Stays in the Picture. It's also documented on Netflix. Um, uh, I, I should remember this producer's name, but it's, yeah, he produced Apocalypse Now and uh, mm, uh, some just classic movies. And you see how he came out here to be an actor in the, in the 50s, or actually he was, selling, he was selling pants to like Macy's and Bloomingdale's. He got discovered as an actor for some super low budget movie. And quickly he realized, you know what? I don't, I'm not trying to be in front of the camera. I want to run the show. I want to be a producer. So read about his life. Read about, read, watch movies, Watch YouTube clips about people making movies, uh, no budget film school, film threat. There's so many great, the master classes that they offer. Scorsese has one, Ron Howard has one. Um, watch all that stuff while you're deployed on base, you know, still in the military. And, and see if this is something you still want to pursue. You know, um, and I can discuss if you really want to pursue it, if, if that just kind of invigorates you and like, oh, I want to be a part of this. I need to be a part of this. You know, then there's step two. Step one is like feeling it, like start to develop that passion. Like I want to commit to this. I want to go, I want to go see what this is all about. That's step one. And for, for listeners, I'll add links to all of those books. Uh, the kid stays in the picture, which is, um, it's just, just have the author's name, uh, Robert Evans, Evan, Evans. Rob Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll have all of those in the show notes, but what is, uh, this is, this is really fantastic and, and actionable. I'd love to hear your thoughts on step two then, if that's, if that's, what uh, resonates with the listener. Yeah, so step two is uh, take advantage of that GI Bill if you have it. And look at a film program. You know, you don't need to go to USC or NYU. You know, there's some very elite programs. And my God, if you, if you get accepted to one of those programs, go. Um, but there's, I went to Cal State Northridge, fantastic program, right in the heart of LA. Like, just great program. Um, there's so many programs out there. There's, there's screenwriting programs. Uh, there are creative writing programs. There are, there are uh, producing programs. But no matter where you are, you don't have to come to L.A. right away. So utilize the GI Bill. It, you, know, you get that BAH 
that gives you stability when you get out and you get to learn, you know, what the, the GI bill wants you to be able to educate yourself without being sidetracked with trying to have five different jobs to pay the bills. So use that GI bill and explore film programs. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a very, there's so many geographical options, no matter where you are. So, you know, the film school education will start to open your eyes more and you'll be hands-on and your professors and your teachers will, you know, kind of open the door for other opportunities and, and you'll find yourself in there. But if you, if you don't want to go to film school or you haven't been able to, it's also an apprenticeship um, uh, business. Come on out to LA. Again, people do it all day long. They come off a bus with uh, two thousand dollars in their <clears throat> in their bank account, and they get a job bartending. You do whatever you got to do to pay the rent right away, and um, you find those internships or you find those entry level jobs. Get in and start doing. Start getting your ten thousand hours in right now. So don't say no to you know. Just take take a job if you take a job with a studio, with an agency, with a uh, reputable production company, with a rental house. Those are great places to start. The camera rental house, the grip and electric, the lighting, you know, where they get the lights and the cameras and the props. Oh my God, military guys, you would, be, guys and gals, you'd be blown away. You go to these prop houses and it looks like an arms room. It, I mean, <laughs> they, they, can, they can equip an, a, a freaking company, you know, of soldiers fully armed in the, the latest kit, whatever they want. I, there's a lot of vets that head over there and they're just basically still working in the military. Um, just, you know, propping up all these, all these big shows. So you can also just come in as like apprentice level entry level and get after it. And you'll, you'll just find your way. And then the third thing is wherever you are, even in the military right now, start making your little short films. I, I see great stuff from, uh, I mean, you know, the sense of humor that's in the military. You see some of the funniest little YouTube clips and whatnot. There's so much creativity. A lot of stand-up comedians there in the military waiting to be discovered. But make, make movies, write stories. Just, you can do it now. You can do it now. I love that. And I love just the, um, the, uh, the energy behind what you're saying of just a willingness to do whatever it takes, taking those jobs, nothing's too low, like just really committing to it if this is a path and I, and I would say for listeners whether this is entertainment or whether it's investment banking like whatever your path is I love that advice I think Brian's given you such uh, a, a gold mine here of just having the willingness to do whatever it takes to roll up your sleeves not be above anything and dive in and I, I would suspect that that's uh, advice that will benefit you no matter what career path you go in what, what about, um, what do you want listeners to know about the work that you're doing with either uh, the VME right now or the Mission Continues? What, what's, what does that look like? So um, Veterans, and Media and Inter Veterans and Media and Entertainment, VME, I have been part of that organization since I got out of the Army 2014. But just as a, uh, you know, I just attended, I found them. It's a nonprofit that supports veterans who are um, either in the film industry or trying to break into the industry. If people are in the film industry, they're more of a mentor role. Um, so there's lots of workshops, guest speakers, um, free movie screenings, networking opportunities. So VME was, was just such a really important when I came back to LA because it was this group of veterans that created a support system. So it's, it's difficult. You come out to LA, it is hard. You're, you're alone. You know, you're trying to start this new family. None of your friends are with you because you, you left them behind to come to LA and you find this new network that has that bond and that understanding of the, you know, spirit to core in the military. So you have friends and, and uh, buddies that you can count on really quickly, which if you were just a civilian coming to LA, it'd take years. So it's already accelerated that you have this, very reliable network of people to push you in the right direction. You know, no one can just get you a job, but if they can even point you in the direction or give you some advice, like, Hey, you know, your time might be better spent over here or go give this person a call or uh, mention my name. You know, when you go on this interview, that that's the stuff that can accelerate a, a career by years, you know? So VME was, it's like, um, the American Legion, if the, and we love the American Legion post 43 here in, 
Hollywood. They, they really support the entertainment industry as well. And we do a lot of events at that building, but it's that American Legion, like, Hey, you have, or, or the VFW, you, you have a home here. Like you do have your brothers and sisters in arms still here. And it's very special when you're in Hollywood, because that is, that's kind of a, everyone's left home and gone somewhere else. So you do kind of have a, you've got a fallback. Uh, you still got the brotherhood and the sisterhood there for you. So VME, I, I did a lot of free screenings and listening to great guest speakers like Gary Sinise, you know, John Voigt, um, a, a lot of showrunners who write and run the big shows that everybody watches and sitting down with veterans and being very honest with them and let them know about the, their career path and what they would recommend, you know, new people coming into the industry do unbelievable experiences. But in particular, VME has an internship program, which we work with a lot of studios. So I was one of the first to get an internship through VME with HBO. You know, I submitted, it was like trying to get a job. I submitted a resume with dozens and dozens of maybe hundreds of other veterans. And fortunately I was selected. And, and let me um, mention that this was after I shot my movie. So I went from being a director of a very small independent film which I, I, was, I was like the big fish of a very small pond to being a PA, the lowest level of a very, very big show the the top of the line HBO production. But I, I, I sucked it up and I said, you're going to learn from the best. You know, I went to work for three months with HBO there for the run of Barry season one. I learned so much able to talk to Bill Hader every day, Alec Berg, the producer, um, Henry Winkler, you know, the Fonz professionals at every level that are really, you know, at, at a game, bringing their a game. And I was able to observe that, learn from these people. And although I was a PA so far from being a director in that scenario, the education was invaluable. And the people that I met in that environment were invaluable. And that led to more work with HBO. Um, so again, it, it was, it was like one step back in the, in a position a job position, but, but really, I believe it's like two to three steps forward um, down the road for the network and the education I got at HBO. That's awesome. I love the, um, I love the thought of learning from the best and the, I can only imagine the, the level of experience that you're getting at a, at a company like HBO and um, on a show that's getting a lot of, lot of recognition with Barry. That's just really great. And I love that hunger. It seems like you've got this hunger to always be learning and, and, honing your craft. And I think, again, that's just a great role model for, for listeners in any career path. Um, what, what is next for you? So it sounds like the, 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 your film has wrapped and now it's kind of bringing that to its next phase and you're, you're with, um, you're involved in different things. Like what would you want listeners to know about the, the next year for you? Well, the next year for me, I'm going to, at the HBO, um, internship when that wrapped up for me, uh, Karen Kraft, Tom McCafferty, Rebecca Murga, Barbara Otney, Brad, like this great team um, of just unbelievable volunteers at VME asked me to come be a part. Like, hey, you've really been apart from the, from the uh, floor up. You've experienced VME as a new person. Then as kind of like this intern who, who benefited from what VME could offer. And they, they asked me to come on board. And um, now I am a year and a half later, I've become the director of education and events. So I'm still doing that uh, for this wonderful nonprofit organization. I have to thank Mission Continues. Um, everyone should check out Mission Continues. It's a great vet nonprofit organization that helps communities. Wherever you live, uh, there's probably a, a Mission Continues platoon or two close to you. They, they kind of help me get involved with a, with a great leadership program they have with VME. They give you a stipend. Um, everyone should check that out. So that allowed me to give a lot of time to VME. And now I was the one, the very classes that I was sitting in, you know, the, the guest speaker events that I was sitting in as a, you know, uh, just as a member, I'm now organizing and planning those. Which, and it's in the entertainment industry. So I'm meeting a lot of great people. I'm in every class listening because I, 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 I planned it. You know, I got to be there. Um, so I'm going to continue to do that for the next year. I'm very excited about the growth that we're doing with VME. Um, as a filmmaker, it's going to be great to see our movie released out into the public sphere. So that's going to, it's already opening up more doors. And that's the thing. You're just waiting, like, when are people going to 
start in the industry? When are people going to, cause you feel like you're chasing everyone. You know, you're always asking for the, the opportunity, but I can see as, as we're selling this movie and it's becoming real and people, that's what they do. They start to look at you as, Oh, he's real. He or she is real. Um, not just trying to achieve. And, and that's everyone appreciates the newcomer who's trying to achieve. You got to play that role for a while, but at a certain point you become perceived as real in what you want to be a producer, a director, a cinematographer. And by real, I mean real, like you're ready to get paid what people in this industry get paid for a living. So I think that this movie is really going to, um, for Richard Hanley and myself, open the door and I, we can already see it. Like there's, people are starting to come to us for the first time. And that's a great feeling. So I, I, I would love to um, get another movie shot by the end of 2019, um, at the very least by early 2020. Um, but it's a lot of opportunities that are starting to come our way and that's exciting. It'd be great to finish this, this movie off the black string um, and move on to the next one. And, and I'm, starting to see, I'm starting to see that synergy. And, and for listeners in our newsletter, we always do a little spotlight of um, past interviewees and uh, we'll be sure to keep you up to date as soon as the black string becomes available. And more importantly, when Brian's next movie uh, comes out, we'll let you know about that as well. So you can support him and, and check that out. Um, I always like to keep the last question, Brian, open-ended, which is, you know, honestly, I feel like we just scratched the surface of your story here. And we covered a lot of ground that's going to benefit a lot of people in the military. I'm sure there's things that we didn't cover. Um, what, what have we not covered that you want to make sure listeners know before we wrap up? I, I think that the key is, the key thing is just, how, you know, going wherever your passion is. You know, I, I happen to be passionate about filmmaking. Um, you've mentioned being an entrepreneur and there's so I mean, there's there's so many people out there that they want to open the best coffee shop ever or they want to create an app or they want to create a clothing line or they just want to sit like i want to be you know an accountant and uh it, it, so follow that passion but when you're there just remember that you know you you did fantastic work in the military and my god any you've been in for four years three years to six years to 20 years when you come back to the civilian world, you're, there's, there's a lot of respect and goodwill and people really are so great towards veterans. And, and even in Hollywood, which, which could be thought of as very liberal and like, which comes with connotations of being anti-military. That is not the case at all. Maybe on Twitter accounts, some people could get crazy. But when you come here, there is so much respect for veterans. That being said, you got to, you got to take a few steps back. Because you wouldn't say that any civilian could just come in and do your job as a as a staff sergeant or a, a you know a CO. That takes time. So it's the exact same thing in the civilian world. And then also the eagerness. Just raise your hand and say, "I'll do it. I got it handled." Like be the first one. Just like I got it handled. I got it. You know. So take a few steps back. It's okay. And and raise your hand. Don't be above any task. Don't don't be abused. Don't be taken advantage of. But do the small things because they add up and people are watching and people have a lot of expectations. They value military. They believe there's something special and, and the commitment and the sacrifice and what you've learned in the military. People want to tap into that. So understand that. Um, and hey, some, some you know, foolish people, some hot-headed people might, uh, civilians might have some you know, ridiculous thoughts or opinions on the military. Don't, don't let that color like all civilian. Yeah. Civilians are great. Civilians are our mothers and our brothers and our fathers and our grandparents. Okay. Civilians are all, you know, we're, we're all civilians in the end. So um, be, be proud about your military service, but understand that you kind of got to start over again and that's okay. Awesome. Well, Brian, I am, uh, cheering on your success. I just really appreciate the authenticity you bring to the conversation. And I, I just hope that message gets through to listeners because I think it is, uh, I, I feel like you expressed something that's been simmering on my mind for so long. That's, that's just such a great message for people to hear about um, the way that you put that of like, you know, you wouldn't expect someone just to go straight into the military and accomplish the things that we do in the military, like it goes through training and hard work and doing the heavy lifting. And it's the same thing on the other side and it is achievable. I think that's just such great tandem messages there. 
So thank you for your time today. Um, listeners, definitely check out the show notes. I'll put links to all the different resources that Brian recommended. And uh, yeah, really appreciate your sharing your story today. Thank you for having me. And um, good luck to everyone out there. It's, it's a wonderful world here. And uh, we, can, we can all achieve what we want. It just takes time. And I'm, I'm still trying. I'm still here and, you know, fighting the good fight. Service, service, service. Well, thank you so much for listening and for supporting Beyond the Uniform. Beyond the Uniform is produced and edited by me, Justin Asiri. Our staff is entirely part-time. They do this on nights and weekends out of the goodness of their hearts to give back to the military community. Our director of outreach is Steve Bain, who relentlessly books guests, finds sponsors, puts together our newsletter, and thousands of other critical tasks every single week, all behind the scenes to keep Beyond the Uniform running smoothly. Our editor is Kathleen Dillon, who listens to and transcribes every single episode to help out those who don't have the time to listen to the show. It has a major impact on our site. SEO value, which helps people find us through Google. Our data analytics and insights advisor is Andrew Woolridge, who pours over the data each and every month to help us better, better understand how to best serve the Beyond the Uniform audience. Our digital production work is done by Michael Cummings, who puts together custom artwork for every episode. If you're enjoying Beyond the Uniform, the best way to help us out is by telling your friends and fellow service members and veterans. Um, iTunes reviews, believe it or not, have a big impact on getting the word out as well. So if you have a chance to leave a positive review, that is greatly appreciated. If you know of a business that would like to get their product or service in front of a military audience, we are always on the lookout for sponsors, which helps us subsidize the cost of putting this show together. And if you haven't yet signed up for our newsletter, you can do so at beyondtheuniform.io. We send out a newsletter twice a, twice a month, and it is a treasure trove of helpful information for your civilian career and transition. And be sure to check out our coaching program where you can be connected with a subsidized, professional, certified, executive, and career coach to help you in your career decision-making. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week with more stories from military veterans about their civilian career. Take care.